Before the episode begins, please be aware that in this episode, we either discuss or mention healthcare and insurance, as well as mental and physical health. Welcome, everyone. I am Rachel. And I'm Annie. And this is The Void, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything our goblin hearts desire. And this week, we're covering any hobbies or activities we picked up during this quarantine to keep our noggins together. And as a reminder, Black Lives Matter. Science is real. No human is illegal. Abolish ICE. Be gay, do crime. And LGBT rights are human rights. And for current events, I have been watching a show on stars called The Spanish Princess. It is in its second season. It's about the life of Catherine of Aragon. And the first season was about how she came to England and struggling after the death of her first husband, Arthur Tudor, and her fight to marry Henry Tudor, Henry VIII. And now now on the second season, it's about her trying to produce a boy in order for him to have an heir. And there's overall, it's interesting because they do have a lot of characters that are interesting and I'm fully invested in their well-being, even though I know the outcomes of them, because I am a history nerd. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so interesting just to see their lives play out as humans instead of just reading them in a textbook. And it's also interesting to see people who are like actual historians who study the Tudor era talk about the not necessarily historically accurate portrayal of the characters as the marriage between Henry and Catherine is portrayed as sort of unhappy in the second season, whereas in reality it was very happy. It became unhappy when Henry was sleeping with Anne Boleyn and decided to want to divorce Catherine of Aragon. That was yep. when it just, I would imagine that would be a damper on any marriage. Oh, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so there's only two episodes left. I haven't watched the second to last episode yet because I suck at watching shows when they first come out. So that's why I have the Stars app and the Hulu app so I can watch. Spanish Princess and then Grey's Anatomy, respectively. That's and fair. I am screaming at Grey's Anatomy as well. <laughs> There's just Shonda Rhimes is coming again with all the veals. <laughs> Incredible. Kind of related to your Spanish Princess. Have you ever seen the musical Six? Yes, I love Six. It's so good. I definitely didn't watch a weird bootleg of it. <laughs> no, not me. Not me during COVID trying to watch musicals. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it with Hamilton coming out on Disney Plus, it brings a lot of conversation about accessibility within Broadway and musicals and theater in general. Because it's expensive, especially if you don't live in a city. 
with resources to free tickets. Like growing up, I went to see the Nutcracker every year with my grandmother and mother. And that's only because the Catholic church we were a part of, the parish, uh, got mm-hmm. a certain amount of tickets each winter time. And we always were able to go together and we wouldn't have been able to afford going otherwise. Yeah. And that's so sad. Yeah. Like a friend took me to Wicked this last year for my birthday. And like, we, of course we had to drive an hour to get where, to get there. And I was like, oh, we're so lucky. We're only an hour away. Yeah. Because growing up in the Midwest, I wasn't near anything. The closest place was Minneapolis, which was a five hour drive. Yeah. I think it correlates to how much the arts are valued, depending on where you live. If you live closer to the city where more resources are given to things like the arts, it's easier to go see those sorts of things where if you're part of like a choir or a theater group in the city, depending on where you live and your zip code, you might get access to seeing those things. Whereas if you live farther away from cities, it's harder to freely conceptualize the importance of the arts. So things like sports or STEM is more valued. Yeah. And I think talking about quarantine and COVID, people have started to understand how much the arts impact our day-to-day lives. I've seen a lot of people pointing out that Without the arts, you wouldn't have your favorite TV shows or movies or comics or anything like that. So I'm hoping that people look at the arts more and try and figure out ways to make it more accessible to people. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Okay, with that being said, let's get on to today's topic of hobbies or general things we picked up during quarantine. Yeah. So something that I've gotten heavy into was all my TikToks. Like I'm on that darn clock app. (laughs) (laughs) I do like calling it the clock app, but I have purchased so many wigs over quarantine (laughs) so I can embody the different characters I want to do. And I probably made over a hundred, maybe 200 different TikToks just since quarantine started because it was something I was able to do. I could put time into it I could hone my skills like I started working with FX makeup during it I you know really got good at you know just glam makeup any sort of that thing and then I started styling wigs which was something I've never (laughs) done before and making costumes out of what I have versus buying okay well I need this let me go buy it like I found oh I found this jacket at the thrift store let me paint it oh I found this here did I use the same shirt three different times for three different characters, but I just like put a different scarf on top? Yeah, it works. <laughs> did I use a scarf for a shirt because it was the only purple thing I had when I did Espeon? Yeah, of course. But it's it's nice being able to do stuff at home where I'm still connecting with people that way. And for those of the people who are listening who don't follow you on TikTok, I highly recommend because it is always a treat. You are so amazing with I like all the costuming and makeup you do like it's it truly I'm surprised every time I'm like this is my friend and they're so amazing and look at what they can do you are too sweet what the heck <laughs> what the heck but yeah my uh handle is at fail fleet 
So F-A-I-L-F-L-E-E-T, which is a handle that I've had since uh, 2009, I think. <laughs> That's dedication. So get on my level, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I really only have like two things that I picked up during quarantine. Well, one of them I started technically before quarantine, but I got good at it during quarantine. I started, oh, yeah. I started crocheting in January, and then it wasn't until March where everything shut down where I live. So I was just crocheting a shit ton of things. And because it's also correlated with having my first major hypomanic episode, I was sort of uh, crocheting thunderstorm or tornado, that's the word. <laughs> so I figured out that working on multiple projects at once is the best way to do things for my personal way, because I get tired of one project after a while, so I'll pick up another project and I'm still being productive. But when I'm hypomanic, it's more than a couple projects at once. It's like 20 projects I'm working on at the same time. And I switch every like 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but I got better at crochet because of it. And I started wanting to try to make wearables like sweaters and stuff. I was originally, I was planning on making five sweaters for Christmas this year and then I just slowly went down and down and down and now I have no sweaters I'm making for Christmas. <laughs> I do have sweater patterns and sweaters started that I'm going to be making throughout the rest of winter but trying to like make five sweaters after making zero previously before <laughs> I just don't know what I was thinking. Yeah it's it's difficult to give yourself a deadline for something you've never done before. Plus, I'm always hypercritical of my own work. Like, my friends are like, you could sell this. Why don't you open an Etsy shop? I'm like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the money. And I don't have the time. And also, my goblin brain is like, you're not good enough. You suck at everything. This one little mistake, everyone's going to see it. Yeah. Ha having the idea that everything has to be perfect is it's such a big thing, even with me, with, like, as I was mentioning before, TikToks, I look into them and I have a hundred different drafts where I'm just like, I don't think I like it. Oh, that one thing I did with my mouth, yuck. And I've had to force myself to be like, you know what? It's okay. I'm just going to post it and then I'm just never going to look at it again and it'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> I think because most of the stuff I crochet I give to people and most of the people I give them to live far away from me so I won't see it on the daily <laughs> where I'm not reminded of the mistake I made that nobody else cares about it's easier to just like become so exhausted at caring where you just don't care anymore and I don't yeah. know if that's a healthy me coping mechanism but it works yeah but caring fatigue is very real please take care of yourselves as much <laughs> as you take care of others Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Little PSA in the middle of a video. Another thing I decided to pick up was only recent. I got an old Minolta X370 camera, which is a film camera from the 80s. And I got my first roll of uh, pictures back. 
and I decided to make an Instagram for it. And I, <laughs> you're looking at me like you want to know, but I only have like five pictures. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I just got really excited. I love supporting my friends. <laughs> and I didn't realize how my many photos, 36 exposures was, but it's a lot. And I don't go out that often unless I have to. So it's very rare that I actually take pictures or take my camera with me to take pictures. So it's going to be a while before like the next roll is sent in to get developed and scanned. But eventually I want to be able to develop my own film. I don't think I'll get the equipment to scan it because it involves a lot of computer knowledge that I do not have and have no desire to learn. <laughs> so I'll just develop my own film and then bring it in to get it scanned, which would cost a lot less money. So that'll be on my Christmas wish list. It's just yeah. a bunch of chemicals acting as if I know chemistry. Give me the chemicals, dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because I was reading on the site for one of the companies that makes those kits to develop film at home. It was like, liquid versions of this kit cannot be sent through airplane it has to be ground transport because of the serious nature of the chemicals <laughs> i was like what the like yes let's put this in my home and dip my little fingers in it <laughs> it it truly amazes me that humans find ways to use dangerous chemicals things like they were like I want to capture this moment because it's so pretty or beautiful or meaningful so I'm going to expose myself to all these different chemicals in order to make it happen and I think it's funny on the one hand where it's just like humans are self-destructive where <laughs> they want to use these chemicals that could potentially harm them but also amazing because it's like look at how like resilient and smart we can be despite all the Darwin Awards out there. <laughs> me, being one awards. Of them, me being one of them from time to time. Understandable. I mean, what person isn't? Darwin himself was a Darwin Award person because he married his first cousin. And Yuck. I think Yuck. all 10 of his kids had developmental problems. And it's like, you, you knew. You knew what did this. <laughs> you knew what causes this, and yet you still. You came up with the theory about it. And still, it just reminds me about how, like, coffee is not supposed to be good for us because of, like, it developed to be bitter so that animals and other plants wouldn't want to eat it. And yet humans are like, yeah, I want to drink this bitter juice. I'll put yeah, some milk in it. Isn't that basically how, like, hot peppers also, they're like, the hotter we get, the less likely things will eat us. And then humans are like, mmm, tasty. Yum, 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 yum. Yep, yep. That's exactly it. <laughs> oh, incredible. Oh, sorry, I am a sleepy bean today. I that's what feel I get, that. That's what I get for having two doctor's appointments this morning. <laughs> oh, it's both of them. Uh, both of them suggested that I get a massage. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> and depending on what insurance you have, you could probably get it covered. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm trying to fit everything in before March when I run out of insurance. I'm yeah. like, let's go. It's just, this isn't what the topic is about, but I am so frustrated at the insurance system 
in America. Just because you need a referral to go to a specialist or get testing and stuff like that. I'm like, just give me the brain juice. Give me the chemicals that will make my brain work normally. Please. Please. I want to not forget something after I immediately say it. I, I've had that issue at work lately where someone will be like, I'm in this parking spot. And I'm like, okay, I'll bring this out to you. And then I just like pause and I have to like scramble back to the desk and look over the counter and be like, oh, okay, that spot. And then go. Yeah. <laughs> it's especially when meeting new people and they tell me their name. I'm like, please, please tell me like 50 more times, especially yeah. now that like people are wearing masks, thankfully, where it's like, I can't see their entire face. I'm trying to find one identifying feature to remember so I can remember like oh I know that person I met that person but if they just like don't have weird colored hair or a cool haircut or a nice outfit I'm less likely to remember their name and it's sad yeah at at work we had like a social distance like social where we all stood in the backyard and stood apart from each other so we could eat little ice creams and people started taking off their masks and I had to ask one of my coworkers who the rest of them were because I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know who that person is. They're not wearing a mask. I, I, what? Who? Because my brain kept seeing their eyes and then putting someone else's face there who I'd seen before who had like the same like eye shape. And I'm yeah. like, ah, you look like this. And then they didn't. And I was like, oh my God, who is this? And I think another part of quarantine that has me frustrated but also thankful for because it's brought on this new motivation is the fact that all the symptoms I've been dealing with have become more prominent where it's like oh I can get this checked out I didn't realize this wasn't normal I could potentially get meds to help me cope with this like when I realized that I might have ADHD I wound up reaching out to friends who got diagnosed while they were an adult as well. And apparently it's kind of really common for people with bipolar disorder to also have ADHD. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. so if you have one memory issue, you have more than one memory issue. And yep. it also doesn't help that Alzheimer's and dementia run on both sides of my family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, why wouldn't that be helpful? That was sarcasm. <laughs> Flash S. Oh, and I appreciate quarantine where it's like I can come to terms with the fact that I might be neurodivergent on my own without having to worry about, like, a bunch of other things going on in my life. Where, as I think before COVID, I wouldn't really notice these symptoms as much because I wasn't paying attention to myself as much because I had so much more to do at work and stuff like that. But now everything's changed where things are much slower. And a part of me is like, no, things have to go fast. <laughs> they have to go Zoom. Otherwise, things don't get done right. But then with me, it's like, if I go Zoom, I don't do things right because I skim read instructions and I forget instructions and I don't go back to read instructions. Vaguely related, it reminds me of one of my favorite phrases from uh, Parks and Rec, 
is one of the characters. He's like, if I keep my body and mind in a constant state of motion, I avoid falling into a pit of despair. <laughs> and that's a hundred percent what I did for so long. Is I'm like, if I just keep moving, like, and just doing stuff, and doing this, and doing that, I don't have to think about my problems. I don't have to deal with this. And fun fact, that's not healthy. I do not suggest it. <laughs> nope, that is a bad coping mechanism. <laughs> I can yep. say that from personal experience. I think that's probably why my hypomanic episode was so bad because I had been procrastinating on focusing on those symptoms for years. Yep. And then when there was absolutely nothing I could do except stay home and crochet, <laughs> I sort of cracked a little. Yeah, that's so valid. Have you picked up baking or any other hobbies like that that people have been talking about? So I've definitely like baked some things, but it's not necessarily like outside of my wheelhouse. Basically everything that I've decided to bake is because I wanted to celebrate something. I wanted to celebrate uh, Samhain. And so I was like, okay, let me make these cookies. Let me bake these uh, spirit cakes. Like, let's do this. Or I'm like, oh, the bananas are going bad. Better make <laughs> banana bread. So everything's like had a reason, not necessarily that I've been bored. It is an uptake because now I have time, but not necessarily the, I'm creating a sourdough starter. <laughs> no, thanks. That seems like work. I'm not in for that. Accidentally forget about the starter and soon it becomes its own living ecosystem. <laughs> Correct. It's wild. I haven't necessarily began baking, but I watched a lot more baking videos, <laughs> and I don't know if that counts. Yeah, that definitely counts, because it's just, you're baking in your heart. Yeah. I, I don't get to eat it, though, which is the saddest part. Yeah. I, I just that. don't have patience for baking in general. Even the pre-made cookie doughs, I'm just like, I'm just going to eat the cookie dough instead of baking the cookie dough. I'm like, it's edible. They, there's less of a chance of getting salmonella in these newer cookie doughs. And even well, if I do, salmonella isn't that bad in my mind. So fun fact, what I found out is that it's not necessarily the egg that's the issue in, in raw dough. It's the flour. Because flour, if it's uncooked, can harbor E. coli. Ah. And that's why all those edible cookie doughs, they bake the flour on its own first and then put it in the cookie dough. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I appreciate the companies that do that, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, blew my little noggin. Although my goblin brain would still eat an edible cookie dough anyway oh yeah I do all the time <laughs> I used to love baking cookies in the winter time especially Christmas Eve it was like a little tradition where when I was too young to bake even with the help of my grandmother and mother I would just watch my grandmother bake cookies before we went to Christmas Eve mass and then we would come home and put the cookies out for Santa and then eat some of the cookies basically for the rest of the week because we made so much and we didn't go yeah. anywhere with them. Um, and then when I got old enough, I was tasked with baking the cookies because I was so excited about doing it. 
And then after my grandmother died and I started struggling with depressive cycles, I just did not have the patience to bake anymore. I have, it. it's really bad, but like I have instant gratification in my head if it doesn't produce something rewarding immediately. It's just not worth it in my head. Yeah, I I get that so much. I, I'm definitely the person where I'm like, oh, let's start this new hobby. It'll be fun. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not incredible and perfect at it the first time I do it. Guess I'll never do it again. Yep. And that's why it took me a couple years to start knitting and then crochet because I would try every couple years and then I wasn't good at it. So I would stop it. And then last fall, I decided I was going to use YouTube as my teacher for mm-hmm. knitting. And so I got decently good at knitting. And then January came around and for that whole month, there is less work for my department to do and more downtime. So I decided I would take up crocheting and bringing yarn and a crochet hook in with me to work on projects. And I used YouTube again as my teacher and it worked out pretty well. And I think it was because I was just like too stubborn to give up on at that point. (laughs) (laughs) where it was like I can I did knitting so I can do crochet and now I love crochet a lot more than knitting like knitting is the bane of my existence (laughs) I definitely thought I was gonna get like more into my hand embroidery that I'd been doing but I was just like nah let's just put pretty colors on my face instead (laughs) well to be fair hand embroidery is like so time consuming Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> and and if you're like me and you don't have good posture, you just hunch over like a goblin, like a little gremlin, <laughs> and like you poke your fingers every single time you put the needle up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, I, I embroidered a couple things, but one of them was literally a patch for a costume. Because I did, I was like, I'm not buying that. Uh <laughs> even though it cost me like $8. I'm like, I'm not buying that. Let me spend uh, four hours hand embroidering this because that, that's mm-hmm. a way better use of my time. Absolutely. And I think it's more fun when you make something like that where you can like tell people when they're like, oh, I like your patch and you get to be like, thank you. I made it. Isn't it awesome? For real. Yeah, I do enjoy that. I was contemplating taking up weaving during quarantine but I was just like no fuck that (laughs) that is (laughs) too much of brain power that I do not have to spend yeah I have I have a friend who makes both lace and hand punches wigs and I'm like how do you have the time and effort and brain power and then he also goes and has like learned how to play uh it's not a mandolin, but it's one of those upright string instruments. And oh my God. I was like, how? How, how does your brain work? I can't. Like, my brain is only capable of knowing one language barely. <laughs> and I desire to learn more than one language, unfortunately. And I'm at odds with my brain constantly because of that. 
I also tried learning how to do Irish crochet lace, but the hooks are uh -huh. so tiny and the books, like there's not really many YouTube videos on like it at all. It just shows you how to do one motif and maybe how to crochet them all together to come up with a lace piece. And then I got a book because I was like, okay, I'll just read it instead, which isn't my preferred way of learning, but it's still better than just banging into rocks together and hoping fire comes out of it. Um, <laughs> and I wound up giving up because it was just too, too much brain needed. Not enough brain in my head. Yeah. Nope. I feel that one. And I would, I would wind up like making indents in my thumb because the hook would like hit it and it wasn't the hooks were so small, they were sort of like needles. Uh-huh. So it would hurt when you would like accidentally stab your thumb with it. Whereas the bigger needles, you don't really feel it because it's the end of the yeah, hook blunt. is blunt. And I was just getting so mad. I was just like, what the fuck? Like, is this why thimbles were created? This is stupid. Probably. And it's just amazing that people are able to, like, make lace without wanting to <laughs> destroy things. Correct. I, I did just take a moment and just stare at my hands in disbelief. And I'm like, how do thimble work? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I used, Annie, you know this. I used to call them thumbles because that's how I remember how they work. You just put them on your thumb. Although I think you can put them on other fingers, too. Yeah. A lot of times um, if you put them on other fingers, it helps with sewing because you're not, like, sewing into your thumb most of the time. I don't sew. That's the one thing I refuse to learn how to do because it scares <laughs> me. It is like math because it uses math. Yeah. It took me six hours to make a men's renaissance top. And it just, it killed me inside. I'll watch videos from Rachel Maxey and Bernadette yep. Banner, but I will not dabble into sewing territory. Sewing is witchcraft. No way it around is. It. it. Yep. I'm not a high enough witch enough to know how to do that. <laughs> Especially with machines. I'm like, how does it not stop working? Because it knows you're afraid. Oh, fun fact, it does stop working, and then you're, <laughs> then you're, you're fucked, and you have to restart and rethread the machine, like, four times, and you're just crying at the machine while this happens, and then just a ball of thread shows up at the bottom, and you're like, why is this happening, and you finally look it up, and you find it out, because it's because you threaded the top wrong, and you're like, if I thread the top wrong, why is the bottom balling up? This isn't experience at all. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just... My grandmother, who I grew up with, used to sew. Like, she sewed my mother's wedding dress, but that wasn't passed down to me. <laughs> my grandmother was very artsy, and that's where I get that from. Yeah. But the thing she was good at, I absolutely will not ever be able to do because my brain just doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Yeah, my grandmother and great-grandmother, excellent at sewing, enjoyed it, did all this stuff. My mom, really good at sewing. Not necessarily sure she enjoys it, but she does it a lot. Um, <laughs> and then me, I don't remember who I told, but I was like, yeah, I don't like sewing. I think it was my roommate. And she's just like, 
you sewed two entire costumes and made like 10 <laughs> masks. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm just too stubborn to buy a costume. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it'd probably be cheaper at, by so, the time I bought all the fabric. So I always try and find like crochet tutorials on things that I could potentially make, like coverall skirts. I haven't found one that's size inclusive, unfortunately, uh -huh. uh, but I have found a little capelet pattern that I'm going to make and it, the yarn is silver and it has metallic thread throughout it. So it's going to be sparkly. And I was incredible. like, I was like, if I ever do like an Elsa or Anna cosplay, because the pattern has these, it looks like snowflake branches coming from okay. it. Okay. Yeah. And it is size inclusive, thankfully. So I'm going to try that. And if it doesn't work, it'll become a Christmas tree skirt. Hey, hey, it works. That works, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it's getting me excited about all the different possibilities of making cloaks and capes from crochet. Yeah, so that's can, very exciting. So I can live out my Hobbit dreams. For some oh, reason, I immediately think of cloaks or capes as a hobbit thing just because they wore it while they were going on the mortar quest yeah i mean anyone traveling really needs one it's the perfect travel accessory it should be more socially acceptable to wear a cloak to anything yeah when when i was like in middle school i was wearing one around the house over the summer and i said something to my dad i was like wow you know i wish that people wore cloaks and dad was like well well i know someone who does and i was like oh, really who and he's like you oh. <laughs> i'm just like that's not helpful dad i assumed you meant like a co-worker <laughs> uh, the first cloak i ever got was i want to say two years ago for a winter larp i was going to and i was playing a princess of a northern kingdom so I had to look the part of like a Viking princess and it was, it's so warm and it was like a little blanket with a hood and I was just walking around the hotel, like covered up in it. <laughs> and the hood was so big, you couldn't see my face. <laughs> and I just had these little like baby pajamas on underneath with slippers. <laughs> like, I love this that. Is, this is me in my habitat. And I was like carrying around hot chocolate and everything. I was like, this is, this is the life that I want to live every winter. Absolutely. I mean, I think it was Halloween. I, after all the trick-or-treaters left, I like put on like, a, just like this warm cloak that I have. And then I just like cuddled on the t on the sofa and watched TV. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Who needs Snuggies when you got cloaks? Exactly. Snuggies. Why wear those in public? You look kind of sad, weird. A cloak, you're mysterious, fun. Someone may ask you to join them on a quest. What more could you ask for? Exactly. With that being said, time for us to close out this episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. That is honestly the best place to get a hold of us. Please DM us if you have anything you want to scream into the void about. Like 100%, come scream with us. And be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. And remember, the void is always listening. <laughs> <laughs>